Hi there and welcome to Global Heart Church. Uh, I'm Jared Keane, the senior pastor, and wherever you are tuning in from around the world today, really, really hope and pray that in our planning of this message that it's going to really inspire you for the great journey that you are on and uh, for the great calling that you have in your own life. So enjoy the message. And Amen. Really well, good morning, everybody. Welcome to church. So good to have you here. And uh, I know God's going to speak to you today and I know that God's going to bless you. I know God's with you, in fact. And uh, so we're going to pray together as a church family. Actually, can we just thank our team up here leading us beautifully this morning? Thanks, team. Thanks, everybody. But I'd like us to pray right now. We need to pray for our nation. And uh, can we also just pray, too, for the Ukraine right now as well? We need to do that. So, uh, and pray for you. That's what we're going to be doing for sure. So why don't you just lift hearts to the Lord, everybody. Pray with me, too. Uh, you, when you pray, things happen. So it's not just me praying, it's you praying too. So lift your voice, everybody, and let's pray together. Father, we just thank you, Lord, for today. We thank you, Father, that you're a God who hears our prayers. Father, I thank you, Lord, right now that as, Father, we come to you in the name of Jesus. Father, for all the people we've heard about, Father, on the East Coast, Lord, right now, Father, who's struggling, and Father, who, Lord, the house has been underwater. Lord, we just pray, help them. Father, comfort them, be with them. We just pray, Father, that the governments and, Father, your church will rise. And, Father, that we will help people in need there, Lord. And, Father, we just pray pray, let, let people be absolutely overwhelmed with blessing, Father. So we pray that now. Thank you for Pastor Wayne Alcorn's church and all they're doing, and Father, the churches uh, around Queensland who are all involved right now. Father, as well as the government, we just pray, Lord, let them get in there, let them help them, and Father, we just pray that their lives get turned around for good in the name of Jesus. And Father, we just lift the Ukraine to you right now, and Father, we just pray in the name of Jesus, let there be peace now in the Ukraine. Father, we just pray peace. We pray, Father, right now for the Ukrainian people we pray their protection, their safety by those who leave, those who stay. We just pray, Holy Spirit, comfort them and Lord, strengthen them. And Father, we just pray that you'll give the whole world, all the governments right now, wisdom and courage. Give them wisdom and courage on what they need to do in this situation. Father, we pray help the Russian people, Lord, too. We just pray, Father, right now, help them, God. And we just pray, Father, that Lord, Mr. Putin would stand down in the name of Jesus. Father, we pray that there be confusion in the ranks, confusion, Father, in their forces. And but Lord, more than anything else, we just pray, Father, that Mr. Putin would hear your voice. He would hear your love for him. He would hear you break through, Lord, Father, all that's going on in his life. And we pray, Father, that you would speak to him, Lord, in Jesus' name. Father, we just pray too, Lord, for the churches, Lord, right now in Russia, in the Ukraine. Father, many of them serving and ministering and helping. Father, we we just pray, Lord, let your people rise up. And Father, let them, Lord, bring your hands and feet, Father, to many people, Lord, right now who are struggling and who are suffering. We pray particularly, Lord, for the mums and grandmums with children and grandchildren. Lord, we pray, Father, help them as they get safe passage. We pray, comfort them, be with them. Father, we pray protection on all the men as well. And Father, we just pray, Lord, for peace in that part of the world. Let there be peace, Father, in the name of Jesus. Thank you for the miracles we're hearing. Thank you, Father, of the Lord, your hand, Lord, on the people. You love all the people. Father, you love the Ukraine. You love Russia. Father, let the people have peace. And whatever, Lord, uh, is Lord spiritually causing these issues, Father, we just declare again, Father, Ephesians 6, Lord, we, we come against that spiritual realm, uh, principalities and powers of darkness that would work, Lord, to stir the, this up. Father, we just pray, let them be bound in the name of Jesus. And Father, we pray for your kingdom, Lord, Father, to be seen and to be heard and be established, Father, increasingly in the Ukraine, in Russia, and in that whole area. Father, let this right now, Lord, we pray, Father, be a time for peace 
Let it be peace. Bring peace, Father, in Jesus' Name. And Lord, I pray for everybody here. I pray peace in their hearts, peace in their homes. Father, I pray for anybody needing a job. Thank you for the job coming. Father, and let it be a blessing. Father, that business, let it be blessed. Father, and let it continue to prosper as they put it under the great CEO of the universe's hands. And Father, I pray anybody who's not well, Lord, let their, your healing power come. And Father, where there is a stress, I pray, Lord, bring peace. Thank you, Jesus, that you are the Prince of Peace. And Father, I pray for supernatural peace in every heart. Fill us all with faith. Let us rise up, God. And I pray, Father, that each of us will be playing our great part in your plan right now here in Perth and beyond. We pray it in Jesus' mighty name. And everybody said, Amen. Can we give the Lord a hand, everybody? Can we give the Lord a great hand? Amen. Amen. Why don't you just elbow somebody here and grab your seats? Good to have everybody online uh, this morning too in this service, wherever you are at, at home or anywhere around the world. We're just really glad to have you with us this morning in our 10.30 service. So cool. Um, Just at the end of uh, the week, everybody, Pastor Genia, who I think uh, quite a few of you all know, was uh, the pastor of uh, the church in the Ukraine that I went to for 22 years. I've been there 19 times. So uh, got to speak to Genia, and then he sent a message off for you, our church, because right now he's working with um, a whole lot of pastors to uh, help people on the ground in need. ATMs are shut down. People can't get cash reserves. Uh, and then also mums and grandmas and children leaving. They've been able to help them with finances and a you know, all different things. Where they're going, particularly Poland, thank goodness for Poland right now, but all the countries, in fact. But Poland's really, really stepping up and just bringing great humanitarian aid to everybody. But still, uh, that's, I think, two-plus million have left, but you've still got 50-plus million in the country. And, uh, and so Genia's saying that the pastors on the ground, who a number of them I know really quite well, are working uh, with people right in their needs. So what we, uh, uh, again, this week is giving people an opportunity to do is to give to the Ukraine, but it's not going through an institution. It's going straight to the pastors. So um, we work through Pastor Genia and Vera, and then it's going straight to pastors on the ground who are really going, hey, they're in need. Let's help them. Let's help them. I really like it because it's uh, taking out the institutional slowdown and uh, helping us get straight to people who are in need, who are particularly... Um, right now in Kiev, which is um, a huge, huge deal. And so Pastor Jen just sent us a message, and he's just going to tell us a little bit about that and uh, what they're doing or what we can do. And I thought it'd be great for you to hear from them. They're, they've been in America now for a number of years. And what happened is before this was happening, when I was in Eastern Europe, uh, before the pandemic, I actually rang Jenya and said to them, you know, I just really strongly feel by the Lord that you seriously have got to be back in these Eastern European countries that uh, we've been connected with and uh, big time. And he said, yeah, we're talking about that. We're planning that right now. And then uh, this has all happened now. And so, yeah, so those plans and that conversation or conversations that I had back then, I actually believe that they're going to come to pass after this is finished so that they'll go in there. And then even our team up in Germany will be involved uh, in helping uh, right, you know, where there is need in the places that God calls us up in Europe. So, so that's going to be happening. So everybody, as you hear Pastor Virginia, remember this. Put yourself in the place of other people. Right now, you won the lottery if you're born in Australia. Safe. You won the lottery if you got a visa here. Come into that safety. Um, if you wanted snow, you lost. But you got, you got the beach instead. But it's good for us to know, right, 
we're ahead of the game of so many people in life. And it's sometimes hard. We get used to, you can get lulled into just, you know, being numb with the goodness of things, right? So I want to encourage you, don't be numb with the goodness of things, but realize if that was you, that was your wife, your husband, your children, your grandchildren, your friends, your friends' children, you would be thinking, please, somebody help us. You'd do anything to get help. So can I encourage everybody, we can all do something. And at the end, after Pastor Virginia, I'll get the guys to put the QR code. We can all do something. If we all do something, be generous, play a part, then I really think then we're, to be honest, we're really pleasing the Lord because we're being His hands and feet. The Lord has sent us to go there. And in the world we live in, we can give here in Perth and it can be uh, directed to the Ukraine within a few days, to be honest. So that's what's going to happen through uh, Pastor Genia. So Pastor Genia, we love him and Vera. 22 years. Oh my gosh, amazing people. Building church straight after communism collapsed. I was in and out of there from the early days of 30 students till now thousands of people. Then they went and started church in Moscow. They were Ukrainians and went to Moscow. And can I tell you, flying up to Moscow, the times that I did after preaching in the Ukraine, then going to the airport an hour, then getting on a plane for an hour. Hang on, you had to wait at the airport for an hour, then had to get on a plane for an hour, then you had to get off the other end, and then you had to drive to church. This would all be in the same day. And uh, I used to just go to myself, I do not know how this couple is doing this. But they were doing it and believing it was God. And then Zhenya said to me one day, listen to this. I said, Zhenya, how are you doing this? You're Ukrainian, going to Moscow. I said, I'm tired the five times I've done this. It's full on. And Zhenya said to me then, Jared, we have a window. He said, I know this window is going to shut. I've got to take it now. And I was like, wow. And I said, do you think so, Zhenya? He goes, absolutely. The window was shut and we won't be able to get the church in here and get the you know, not the religious gospel. People don't need religion. They need a relationship with the Lord. And so he said, I've got a window. So I'll never forget that. And I said, Genya, keep going then, mate. Be tired and uh, take the window that God's given you. And he said, yeah, we will. Anyway, Pastor Genya, friends of mine now, 20, how many years? 25 years probably. But amazing man of God. And he's going to just speak to us about what's happening and also a part we could play. So. Hey, Global Heart Church, Zhenya Kasevich is here. I wanted to give you a quick report um, about the situation, the war in Ukraine. But first of all, we miss you so much. We have not seen each other for many years now. And Vera and I, our hearts, uh, you know, we miss you. We, we are with you. Our hearts are with you and with your pastors. What, what a hero Pastor Jared is, always calling, always checking on us. Hey Z, how are you doing? True friend, thank you guys so much. But I just wanna tell you a few things about uh, what we've been doing the, with this war relief efforts. Uh, we are in Florida, in USA, so we are okay. But uh, many of our friends and part of our family, my mom and dad, are in Kiev. And uh, they are literally uh, living between their apartment and the bomb shelters for the last two weeks, last 14 days. They said they are in the bomb shelters between 14 and 16 hours every day. The city have been bombarded. They are living in a risk. They refuse to leave uh, Kiev. You know, they are little older, 72, 73 years old. And they said, we are not leaving, Zhenya. We are staying here. And I appreciate your prayers. Appreciate your prayers for my folks, for my parents, and all of our friends and family, part of our families who are still in Ukraine. But I want to say that in the past two weeks, we've been working tirelessly 
uh, 20 hours every day, at least, working between USA churches and Ukrainian churches. As you understand, in the times like this, there are two parts. Uh, part number one, there is an immediate need, immediate need for people to get food, to get gas, uh, to put in their cars, to bring people to the Polish border, um, to evacuate people from the war zone. And they need immediate need. And I've been doing everything what I could do uh, to send money to Ukrainian pastors, to specific people, to get them into safety zones. But as you understand, in every war situation, there is an immediate need, but there is part number two, which means we would need, after this thing is over, and let's believe this is going to be over and over soon, that this war is not going to stay there for months and years. Let's pray and believe um, in, in, in our Lord Jesus Christ that he's going to stop this and stop this really soon. And then the part two will start when we would need to rebuild country, rebuild building, rebuild people's lives, and most importantly, rebuild people's faith. I really believe that our work in Ukraine is not done yet. And oh my goodness, Pastor Jared, you were so right when you were always telling us that your work in Ukraine is not done. And oh my gosh, only now we can see how huge that work is and still will be in the years to come. I want to tell you that every dollar, every cent you guys are sending our way is not going to dissolve somewhere. It's going to a specific pastor, specific needs. We are working with churches. We are working with pastors whom we know. Listen to this. We know those guys for 25 plus years. They've been doing a great work before uh, the war, and I'm pretty sure they're doing even more, much more amazing work now. So every support we are sending, they're getting in the good hands. And I believe I'm going to be sending a good report to Pastor Jared and to you, Global Heart, for everything what is going on in this war situation between Russia and Ukraine. And let's believe and let's pray that after this, there is a huge harvest is coming. Salvation. People will turn to Jesus in Jesus' name. I miss you guys. Hope we will see each other really soon. Thank you, Global Heart. So good. And what an awesome man of God Pastor Genia is. I thought it'd be good for you guys to hear from him and hear his message. And uh, I think he's letting us know that together we can do something. So can I encourage everybody? The QR code, have you guys got that ready now? The QR code is there. If you want to take a picture of that with your phone, you can do that right now. Leave it up, guys, for a minute. And you can also give at the door on the way out of church if you want to do that. Uh, otherwise, you can also go on our uh, globalheartchurch.com webpage and you can give there. But together, let's make a difference and then I'll try and make sure Pastor Junior comes back to us and tell us uh, what's actually been happening with uh, what we've given and that'll be great. Amen? So hopefully you got a picture of that. So wow, wow. We can make a difference from the other end of the world and I like that in Jesus' name. All right, you got that? Everybody's got that? Okay. Let me read Ephesians chapter 1 to you right now. Ephesians 1. We're in the church. You have an important part to play in the church. And by the way, the church 
is God's idea and it's the most important thing on the earth. Let me read it to you. Ephesians 1.23, the message says, The church you see is not peripheral to the world. The world is peripheral to the church. The church is Christ's body in which he speaks and acts by which he fills everything by his, with his presence. Let me say that one more time. The church you see is not peripheral to the world. It's the world that's peripheral to the church. The church is Christ's body in which he speaks and acts by which he fills everything with his presence. Everyone, this morning, God's reminding us in his word that we need to understand that what we are a part of, if you've become a Christian, if you've been saved, if you've been born again, if you've been put into God's church, you're a part of what God has placed at the center of the universe, the center of the world, not on the peripheral. The enemy wants to make the church think you're on the peripheral. No, no, no. Jesus is reminding us and God is reminding us through his word that the world is on the peripheral, the fringe. The world is the fringe. You are in the center. This is the center of God's will for the planet is his church. And it's outworked through local churches around the world that are called to be Christ's voice, Christ's hands, Christ's feet, to fulfill his purpose and and, uh, plan for humanity on planet earth. Then what God does is he saves people into his church. He rescues us from a life without him. He rescues us from religion. Some of us grew up in religion and we were not born again. We weren't saved, but the power of God came. As we opened our heart, as we responded to the gospel, the power of God came and changed you, filled you with the Holy Spirit, and you began to see and live like never before. How many of us outside of Christ, you were just blind? I just could not get the Christian thing. I didn't know what my mother and brothers were talking about. The more they talked about it, the more confused I was, the more lost I was. I did not get it didn't get the Bible, and then I opened my heart to Jesus all those years ago, and it was like the lights went on, and suddenly, uh, you know, Disneyland is a very uh, bad example, but it was kind of like Disneyland. The world was like alive and uh, and light and color and joy and music and song, and I was like, what is this? It was like God had opened my eyes to the reality of Him and also to the reality of His local church which I had no clue about. Everybody, being a Christian, you need to know that God's church is in the center of His will and everything in the world is all on the peripheral. And some of the most amazing people, you know, I hear people speak, governmental leaders, this person, Hollywood people, they speak and I always go, thank you God for saving me because the most incredible people that I've ever met are not out in the world. They're not even in a government, they're in the church. And they're people who've humbled themselves and suddenly the wisdom and the grace and the insight that they have, oh my gosh, the invaluable people that God has connected me with. I would never have met Pastor Genia. Who would have ever thought I, somebody from Sydney, Australia, growing up locked up in a small house, dad's an alcoholic and I'm meeting this great guy who gets saved out of communism in Eastern Europe. We've been friends to this day. God has God connections for God's plan. God has God connections for God's plan. 
And God has called every church in reality to be part of what He's doing, not just in the local place, but in the world. And for us at Global Heart Church, He certainly has called us to be a part of what He's doing, both here at home and out into the world, in Jesus' name. By the way, let me remind everybody who's come from another place to this place. Listen, 50 years ago, most of us were not doing life together. 40 years ago, 30 years ago, I can remember being in Sydney as a kid growing up, and somebody from a foreign country moved into our street. And I remember looking over, my mum said, oh yes, they're from overseas, they're moving here. And then I watched this English person move into our street in Sydney, and I was like, oh, they're from England. Ooh, real foreigners. <laughs> like, not at all. Originally, everybody did come from England or Ireland in those days in Sydney. And then I can remember the first person. Now, the whole world is here. Now Australia is becoming the whole world. Can I just shake you up for a moment? God didn't bring you here just to be by the beach and get a job. God brought you here to be part of His international plan for the world. For the world. And He may use you here, but I want to tell you there's a whole bunch of you. He's going to use you out there because God's got this plan together for those who will open their eyes and see that this is not just an accident. This is divine purpose. So whether you came from Europe to this place, whether you came from New Zealand to this place, whether you came from Africa, wherever you came from Asia, wherever you came from, listen, it's a divine plan. And God wants us to open our eyes and see what our part is in His purpose. I started a series and I'm talking about it on kingdom purpose because you guys have heard it already, heard me say it, or hopefully you've heard it. Wherever I go in the world, I meet people and I say, what? Has God got for you? What's, what's His purpose for your life? And they go, I'm praying about it. And I'm like, oh my gosh, it's person after person. And I go, when did you get saved? And they're like 17. I go, how old are you now? 40. And I go, you're praying about something that happened 23 years ago. And they're like, yeah, still praying. Listen, this is a wrong thing in the kingdom. And I want every believer at Global Heart Church, I want you to realize that you are not meant to be waiting 23 years to find out what God's will is for your life. And if you got saved at 17, by 30, you need to have nailed it. There you go. You need to have na nailed, well, nailed something. Because I think the enemy works day and night to put everybody in a smoke screen so they can't see their value, their dignity, their calling, and they can't see that God has a plan for you. And here's the plan. Everybody, could you please get this and tell every Christian you know, there is a purpose for you in God's house. There is a purpose for you in the community. There is a purpose for you in God's house. There's a purpose for you in the community. Let me say it again. There's a purpose for you in God's house and there's a purpose for you in the community. One more time. There's a purpose for you in God's house and there's a purpose for you in the community. Listen, and if you get that, you're really gonna muck up the devil's plan for your life, your children's lives, your grandchildren's lives. You're gonna muck it right up. But what he does with most Christians is he keeps them in some kind of cloud of emotion and smokescreen and they go, yeah, I'm still praying about it. No, we need to ask questions. Come on, Christians. We need some Christians who ask questions. Come on, we need some Christians who ask questions. Over this side, we need some Christians who ask questions and stop assuming. Stop assuming. What is it? The spirit of assumption is on the church 
around the world. Everybody's assuming something rather than going, hang on, what do I need to be doing? What do I need to do in this church? What do I need to do right now? So if you're part of our church, we've got a great leadership team, a great pastoral team. Don't assume, come and say, hey, what should I be doing? What you did in your church in New Zealand, Africa, Asia, Europe, God said that's done. Over. Door shut. Bring your wisdom, bring your grace, bring your anointing, but that's done. God says, I'm going to do something new here. Most of us cannot operate in the new. We just operate in what happened back there. And God says, I took you out of there, clean from that, learn from that, but come into a new place where I'm going to do something new. Thank you for that thrilling excitement. (laughs) Come on, you need an amen on that because God's trying to take you forward in Jesus' name. So if, God's, if the church is God's purpose for humanity, listen, you're a great part of that purpose. I like what somebody said. They talked about how, you know, when you mention the church, a lot of times people around the world will get, you know, a, a viewpoint. They get angry. They get upset. Oh, the church, the church is. By the way, the, did you know Christianity is the foundation for Western civilization? Google in brackets. Go straight to Google. When people go on about Christianity, the church, what are they in Western countries, Australia, New Zealand, Canada, America, blah, 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 and they go on about the church, this church, I'm like, what are you talking about? It's the foundation. It is, look up, just Google, Western civilization, foundation, Christianity. It's an overflow of Christian culture. Without Christianity being the foundation and the basis, there is no democracy. There is no laws that protect you. There, there's only laws that are like, you know, um, like you see in, uh, where you get a, a dictator and they, the law is you go to jail for 15 years for saying something about that person. God gave us freedoms. Human rights, when I see human rights tr- groups trying to talk against Christianity, I'm like, are you guys, do you know how dumb you are right now? I don't want to be rude to you, but do you know how dumb you are? The only reason you have human rights is because the Bible gives them to you. And the reason you can criticize Christianity is because the Bible gave you the right to do that too. So human rights doesn't flow out of modern shifting sands of culture. It flows out of Christianity. Just so you know. You're good? Up to speed? So no one can violently attack something without taking it serious in some way. So when people are attacking the church, it's because in some way in them, they know this is serious. No one gets emotional over the flat earth society. Uh, do you? <laughs> no one gets emotional over whether unicorns are true or not. No one gets emotional over belief in Zeus. No one gets upset about it. But my goodness, people get upset and have the deepest emotional reactions over Christianity in the church. Why is that? It's because God put it at the center of everything. And even the ones who most reject it know deeply there's something that is convicting me and stirring me. So everybody, I want to encourage you that God has called us to bring life and wisdom and grace and insight about the kingdom, but it really flows when we're exampling it from our own life. 2 Timothy 1.9 everybody online, everybody here this morning, is so powerful. And in the New American Standard, it says this, God has saved us and called us with a holy calling, 
not according to our works, but according to His own purpose and grace. Grace is unmerited favour, which was granted to us in Christ Jesus from all eternity. Let me say that again. God has saved us. Number one, priority of God, to save you. Open your eyes, because you'll be born by the Holy Spirit, born into His kingdom, become His son or daughter. And then He's called us with a holy calling. Everybody, God is calling you. He's been calling you since you were in your mother's womb. He's been calling you and calling you to Himself. Why is that? Because in you at conception, He placed a calling. He placed giftings. He placed talents, but He placed a destiny in you and on your life. And that's why one of the biggest fights now ever is in the womb, the battle over the womb. It's not just over the baby. Look, to be honest, the enemy knows if he terminates a baby, he terminates a destiny. It's a fight over destiny. Stop the destiny. Sue and I had problems having children, and then when we uh, had two, we were over the moon, had two children. We never dreamt we'd have a third child. And I remember when we found out Sue in London was pregnant with Jordan, and the doctor, I was outside, been up the shop while Sue took Nathan to the, the doctor, you know, for a little cold he had. And she made me come in, and the doctor goes, sit down. And she really made me feel like she going to tell me Nathan was really sick. Well, it wasn't that Nathan was really sick. It was that Sue was pregnant with Jordan. And I still remember to this day, I've never forgotten it, that I just went, what? Because we just did not ever think we could ever have three children. So I was like, what? Sue's pregnant. She goes, yeah, your wife's 11 weeks pregnant. I went, huh? Like I just, and she's, and I'm excited, but I'm just in shock. Like, this is amazing. And then straight away that doctor said, do you want me to arrange your termination? And soon I, at the same time, no! Like I just, rah, you know. And really everybody, I'm not having a go at people who have a termination. What I'm saying is, even then, the enemy was after Jordan, who now became the state children's minister. Over 100 churches, children's ministry. And the doctor who's supposed to be giving me good news is immediately saying, do you want me to remove him? Well, Sue and I were the wrong couple for that. <laughs> so to hear that, poor doctor, she kind of like fainted as we both, you know. But that was a real thing. It was take Jordan out. He's gonna be the, he was going to be the pastor of 100 children's in this state's children's ministries. I look back now and I go, I, I see it now. Some people don't see. Some people never notice anything. Be a Christian who notices. Be a person who sees the bigger picture. What's really going on here? And what was really going on was terminate that destiny. And I want to encourage everybody. We need to go, hang on a minute. God saved me and He's given me this incredible calling. Holy means set apart. Holy means you're in the world. You're blind. You're lost. You do your thing. You, you know, you just do whatever you do in the world. And then God comes along and goes, hey, I've called you. And holiness means set apart. And I've set you over here. Man, I was like, God chucked me over here. Steve Kelly, who I took to church he got thrown over here as well. Both of us alcoholic dads, both of us living in poverty, and God like threw us to the right and said, I've set you apart, now go with that. I could have not gone with it. Steve could have not gone with it. But we made a decision, okay, we're gonna go for God now. And, uh, and today our lives have been transformed by that calling. You have a calling, everybody. You have a calling in the house and a calling in the community. But I don't expect you to understand your calling in the house. What I do think is wisdom is when you, like me years ago, say, what do I need to do? How can I help? What do I need to do to, to do this calling? 
Romans 12 says we've been given these grace gifts to minister in the body of Christ. The Scripture says every joint supplying, every person supplying. And as I've said, okay, is that what needs to happen? You want me to do that? Take the bin out at youth, be the welcomer at the home group, then do this, then do that. I was, as I was open and said, hey, I'm here. God was positioning me in His calling. And then I began to have this sense of there's something else coming. I, there's a magnet on me and Sue when we met. There's this magnet on us drawing. Now, we could have said no. We could have been casual with it. Some of you had a drawing, but you got casual with it. You can always say sorry to the Lord. Say, Lord, sir, I got sorry with this. I've been casual with this. You need to say, Lord, I can feel your drawing. Help me to go with it. Help me to go with what you want. Because that's where fulfillment is. That's where the miracles are. And that's where you're going to see God in your life. So you've got a great holy calling. And Jesus wants you to fulfill that. So ask questions. Ask a question. Come on, we need some Christians who ask, what am I meant to be doing right now? Don't assume. Don't assume. We get into trouble because we're like, hey, I'm assuming. And also, by the way, don't assume if you had a religious upbringing that that was right. You need to question it. What was that of that religious upbringing that was actually biblical? What was right? What was good? Some of us, we follow what our family did. If your family didn't produce, don't follow we need some Christians who go, hmm, I need to think about this. Hmm, I need to think about this. Who? Oh, I need to think about this. Oh, I need to think that through. I need to think my religious upbringing through. I need to think my childhood through. I need to think that through. What is good of that that backs up God's Word and what is not? Leave it. Leave it. Leave it. And then say, God, i got to move into your calling in Jesus' name. Proverbs 16, 3 nails it too. I love it. It says, commit your works to the Lord. So whatever you're doing in God's house, commit it to God. If you're not doing anything, you haven't got any works. You can't commit to God what you're not doing. So you're going to say, what am I going to do, Lord? So God says, commit your works, which says works in the house, works out of the house, things to do, and then your thoughts will be established. I just go, Lord, I'm at the home group. Commit that to you. Help me, Lord, to be a blessing and encourage people to come to church and Get saved in youth, and Lord, I'm committing that to you. And then it would become clear to me, keep serving, keep helping. Then it become clear to me, wow, if people feel loved and wanted, then they open their heart to God to get saved. And all oh, these things begin to be established. Then I began to see the importance of connecting with people and the power of a connection and a connect group <laughs> and the power of God's church. And then suddenly thoughts are being established about, you know what, I think Sue and I, God's going to use us to help people. Thoughts were becoming established. But how do they become established? I committed works first. You can't have thoughts established if you don't have works committed. Let me say that again. You can't have thoughts established if you don't have works committed. That's why when I talk to people around the world, hey, what are you going to do for God? What are you doing for God? I'm still praying. No, no, no. Commit your works to the Lord and pray. That's a given for me. And pray. And then your thoughts will be established and you'll be able to answer me and say, well, Pastor Jared, I'm doing this. I know when I was serving here, doing these works, I committed to God and God showed me my calling is to children in the church and then out in the community, I'm a scientist. And I'm like, wow, what are you doing in your scientist ministry? I believe God's called me to be a Christian in the scientific world. 
wow, she's there to be an encouragement and a soul winner and represent Christ. Yes, I'm the, that's my calling out there. So in church, you're called to children. Out in the world, you're called to be a scientist. And you really are standing up and being a representation for Christ, an ambassador for Christ out in the world. And they go, yes. That's called boom. <laughs> that's called a Christian who gets it. And that means the enemy is going to be very ticked because it's hard for the enemy to get into your life when you know what you're called to in the house and what you're called to out in the community. It's very hard for the enemy to get into your life. By the way, everybody, casual Christians. And right now around the world, Christians are being rocked all over the world with this pandemic. The real person is coming to you. If you're really a Christian, wow, it's going to be seen. If you look like a Christian but you're not a Christian behind the scenes, it's going to be seen. This is the opportunity for people to slide away. We're going to be careful because casual Christians become Christian casualties. They become casualties of this spiritual war. So we're going to say, Lord, I've got to get into your works. I've got to commit them to you in your house, God, so that my thoughts are established. And can I just say this to the parents? So your children and grandchildren are established. You know, God's calling, listen to this, clarifies confusion. God's calling clarifies confusion. Man, confused Christians. Huge. Richter scale around the world. God's calling, starting in the house, this is what I meant to do, clarifies. Clarifies. Don't try to come up with your calling. Don't try to come up with your destiny. Don't try and come up with your opinion. Ditch all of that and say, Lord, help me, Father, to have my thoughts established according to your word. And then you watch God will bring clarity in your confusion. I'm not confused anymore. I know what I'm meant to be doing. I know where I'm meant to be doing it. I may not know all the places we're going to be involved in as a church, but I know I'm, do- I'm called to preach. I'm called to lead. I'm called to pastor. I'm called to plant churches. I'm called to establish them here in Australia and establish them around the world. I'm called to raise up leaders. I know what I'm called to do. So I'm not confused. I'm not the one who's only meant to be not confused. You're not meant to be confused. I thought that was good. Last week I said the priesthood of all believers did not make everyone into church workers. Rather, it turned every kind of work in God's house into a sacred calling. Say that again. The priesthood of all believers did not make everyone into church workers. No, rather... It turned every kind of work into a sacred calling. Ephesians 1 verse 1, Paul says in his letter to the Ephesians, I, Paul, look at this, chosen by the will of God to be an apostle of Christ Jesus. Everybody, God wants you to write that same letter. I, Israel, Muhammad, chosen by God for this calling. Preacher, leader, motivator, inspirer, soul winner, chosen by God. God, this is what God wants you to, do, to know, to be able to know. This is who I am. This is what I'm called to do. Look at that. This is the letter from Paul. By the way, Paul was a murderer. He was killing Christians. He was persecuting them. He was cheering on the stoning of Stephen, who was a great believer, great uh, early church Christian. He's there stoning and cheering it on. And then he goes, but in the middle of all that, chosen by the will of God to be an apostle. God does not look at your background. He looks at you. God chooses you when you're in your sin. He chooses you when you're failing. He chooses you in in rebellion. And Paul says, chosen by the will of God. Everybody, you are chosen. What are you chosen for? 
When I go to Europe, when I go to Japan, when I go to America, when I go to Africa, I've always got my travel adapter. If I want power, <laughs> I need to have my travel adapter. A couple of countries are the same uh, as uh, one another, but always got my travel adapter. Can I encourage you on the journey of following Jesus, on the Jesus journey, here's one of the most important things you need to pack. It's the ability to be adaptable. It's the ability to be adaptable. You need to become a spiritual adapter so that when you hang on right now, I'm doing this ministry, then I'm there. When I'm in Zambia, I'm doing this, I adapt to Zambia. When I'm in Rwanda, I'm doing this. When I'm in Australia, I'm doing this. When I'm actually in Melbourne, it's different to Perth, there's some differences, I'm adapting. When I'm in Europe, there's an adaption. I'm saying, Lord, help me to adapt in line with your choosing and your calling. God's calling everybody establishes confidence. The insecure becomes strong. God's calling everybody online establishes confidence. You begin to have a knowing, even other people who know your calling, you begin to have a knowing that no one really has. You know, when Sue calls her and I to go to Europe and plan a church and then work in Eastern Europe and then, you know, ultimately coming to Western Australia, there was this knowing that people were, they're like, yeah, we can see that, but they didn't really get it because you got to walk in the calling to get the knowing on the inside. It's this courage, this strength, this, this sense of, God has pre-planned this and I'm actually walking in something that's already established even when it doesn't exist. God's calling establishes confidence. It's a knowing when no one else knows. When you acknowledge God's calling everybody too, when you say, this is what I'm called to in God's house. This is what I'm called to out of God's house. This is what I'm called to in God's house right now. By the way, that can change depending on your maturity, depending on your years of service. Um, it can change. But when you acknowledge God's calling, it will give you buoyancy in the storms of life. Oh, when you acknowledge, Lord, this is your calling for me in your house. This is your calling for me out in the city, in the community, in the nations, whatever it is, it will give you buoyancy. You'll be like the storms where everybody else is losing their mind and you're there kind of floating and you've got a mocktail. You've got your non-alcoholic mocktail. You've got your pina colada, non-alcoholic. And you're there and you're floating along and you're enjoying the view and everybody else is losing their mind. Everybody else is losing their mind. Like, oh my gosh, this is it. And you're like, oh, this is kind of fun. <laughs> Sip. <laughs> I just hit a palm tree right now. And everybody else is losing their mind. And they're all drowning. They're all yelling. They're all screaming. You're like, yeah, it's good. It's fine. It's cool. And God's got you buoyant in the midst of the storm. Everybody, God wants you. What does buoyant mean? Stay afloat. You won't go under. You'll stay afloat. You're like, hey, this is cruise. I'm cruising. Yet everybody else around you is like, ah, but you're good because God is there with you. Our, our calling, everyone, deserves our engagement with that calling. You've got to engage your mind. You've got to engage your heart. You've got to engage your spirit. One of the great things that I learned long ago is that when you go from one season to the next, shut the door. When Sue and I went from Sydney to London, I had to learn, shut the door to Sydney. I am not in Sydney, Australia right now, where I grew up. I'm in London, UK. I had to shut the door to it, engage with everything British and be there so I could step into the calling God had for Sue and I for that six years establishing, establishing London Hillsong Church. Be here, step into it, engage your mind, engage your heart, engage your body. Can I encourage everybody? That's what we've got to do to be in a calling. Engage your mind, engage your heart, Engage your body. Shut the door. Then we came to Perth. I had to go, London's gone. 
We're not there now. We're not in Europe now. We're in Western Australia. And Lord, we start in the church. Sue and I had to go shut the door. We're in Perth. Be in Perth. Be in Western Australia. Engage our mind. Engage our heart. Engage relationally. Engage our spirit. Lord, we're engaged. We're engaged. When you're engaged, you're ready to fire, right? We're engaged. Ready to fire. Some of us are scattered. We're still in the country we left. We're still in the church we came from. We're still over here. We're still over here. And then we're like, Lord, use us. And God says, I'd like to, but it's like trying to use somebody who's got one foot on a roller skate and the other one on a banana skin. What can I do with you? We're like an octopus all over the place. We say, Lord, use me. God's like, wow, (laughs) what can I do with you? You, Until you engage and go, right, I'm here. I'm in Perth. I'm here in Global Heart Church. I'm in this marriage. I'm in this family. I'm in these friendships. I'm here. Door shut, door shut, door shut, door shut, door shut, door shut. I engage. Until then, God can't do anything. But when you say, that's where I'm at, God goes, wow, I'll use you now. Wow, I'll use you now. Wow, I'll use you now. Wow, I can use you now. I can use you now. I can use you now. Last thought, Pastor Izzy, come up and join me. A great concert pianist in America was interviewed by the Los Angeles Times. And they said to him, what is the secret of your success? You're just an incredible concert pianist. What is the secret to your success? How did you get this successful? And he said, oh, that's easy. It's two words, plan neglect. The guy goes, what? He said, it's planned neglect. He said, whenever I was uh, getting ready for concerts, when I was getting ready, when I was younger in my studies, he said, I would neglect that, 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 them, them, them. (laughs) And I would focus on this. And he said, because I plan to neglect so many things, I could do those which were important. Everybody, you need to get planned neglect going. You can neglect Netflix and still stay alive. You can neglect your next takeaway meal and still survive. You can eat pizza and please do neglect the anchovies. I would. But don't neglect the call of God. Don't waste another month. Don't waste another year. Certainly don't waste five years. Ask the question. I am here. I got to fulfill my purpose. You need to say in God's house and out of God's house. Could you talk to me? Give me some wisdom. What should I be doing right now in God's house in Global Heart Church in Perth, Western Australia? I've shut the door to New Zealand. I've shut the door to Europe. I've shut the door to Africa and Asia. I've shut the door. I'm here. God's brought me here. I'm here. I'm here. I'm here. I'm here. What do I need to do? And from there, God can position you. We will help you commit your works to the Lord. And from there, listen, your thoughts will be established, your life will be established, and your ministry to the nations will be seen. Can someone say a big amen? Come on. Can someone say a big, big, big amen? Thank you so much for joining us online today. Really great to have you with us and special thanks to those also who give online. Your generosity is making the way for others to hear the message of Jesus both here in Australia and around the world. If you enjoyed today's message, I'd love to encourage you to share this message with a friend, a workmate, a family member. And let's believe together that it will powerfully impact their life for good in Jesus' name. If you're unable to be with us at one of our church locations, uh, both here in Australia and around the world, please join us online every Sunday for Global Heart at Home on YouTube. God bless and have a great week.